Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build a happier life. This week is the home for the holidays, Kansas City edition. We're very happy to be coming to you from one of our very favorite Kansas City places. Yes, we're at Winstead's. It's so exciting. We will talk about that and hear from surprise guests coming up. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. Usually I'm in New York City, today I'm in Kansas City, and with me is my sister Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and for the moment, home for Christmas. Um, well, so I'm very excited to be in Kansas City. I got here a few days before Elizabeth, so we had a couple days of peace and quiet before Elizabeth and her team arrived. Yeah, and I mean, I was working right up until uh. the night before we came on Mon- we came Monday morning, so I didn't really feel like the Christmas season started until like that plane landed in Kansas City. I didn't even, as I mentioned on a previous, um, I you know I, I haven't been great with Christmas this year, so. But now you're here, the plaza lights are on. Oh, yay, someone's here to take our order. All right, come on. Hey. Hi, come on. Uh, I would like a double cheeseburger with everything and a crispy onion ring. Thank you. And I already have my Diet Coke. And can I get a triple one stud plain? Oh, and I'd take a little more coffee if you get a chance. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, Elizabeth, in honor of being in Kansas City, our Try This at Home tip is to identify your special places. Uh, Yeah, because we're in one of our special places. We've talked about Winstead so many times. It means so much to us. This is where we came after programs at school starting in, I mean, I think first grade, second grade. You'd come here, it's a, how can we describe it? It's like a 50s diner with very thin hamburgers. That's the the signature thing is these these sort of paper thin hamburgers. So you often like order a double or a triple to get normal hamburgers. But they have a very distinct flavor. Yeah, they're my favorite thing in the world. Yes. And then they're famous for their skyscraper, which is a huge, I mean, huge when you're in third grade anyway, (laughs) Sunday. Yeah. And so you come, you have your Christmas program, and then you come to Winstead's with all your friends and their parents, and you order skyscrapers, and it was just, like, the best. And the interesting thing is it's kind of like that for Kansas City. Like, it's a special place to us. It's a special place for kind of all of Kansas City. It's sort of a signature, iconic place for the, for the city. And I was thinking about it because um, I was reading this thing by Mircha Eliade. I had to look up how to pronounce his name. In a book called The Sacred and the Profane, where he wrote... There are, for example, privileged places, a man's birthplace, or the scenes of his first love, or certain places in the first foreign city he visited in youth. Even for the most frankly non-religious man, all these places still retain an exceptional, a unique quality. They are the holy places of his private universe. And this is really one of kind of the holy places of our private universe because it does, it's pervaded our whole lives. Yeah, and and the thing is we have so many of these places in Kansas City. We have Topsy's, which is another famous 
uh, place where you get tins of popcorn at Christmas. That's the tradition. Yes. Um, I've mentioned that on the show before. <laughs> um, we have Worlds of Fun, which is our, to, to us, was the biggest, most amazing amusement park. <laughs> um, of course, now I live near Disneyland. But it's not even but as it's, cool. It's not. It's not <laughs> as fun as going to Worlds of Fun. Yeah, and it's funny because in, in episode 15, we talked about being a tourist in your own city. And this is like being is the opposite of being a tourist in your own city because that's about embracing what you've never discovered in your city. And this is more about embracing the thing that is the most dear or has the most accumulated meaning because it's it's just accumulated all that meaning over time. Yeah, and I think it's the idea that if you know, find those places, identify them and just kind of burrow in and enjoy them. Um, I know for us, like in LA there's an Italian restaurant called Farfalla down the street from us. It happens to be the closest restaurant to us. <laughs> because of that, we go there all the time. And just because we go there, it's special. Right. You know, it's not that there's some remarkable thing about the restaurant, except for the fact that it's our restaurant. Well, and then every time I come visit you, for whatever reason, yeah. we've gone to Hugo's. And so now I'm like, oh, let's go to Hugo's because that's the place that we always go when I'm in L.A. Right. But you're right. You kind of have to identify these places because... Like, Winstead's, if we just kind of casually went, like, oh, like, we don't feel like cooking tonight, let's just go out and get a burger, it wouldn't be a big deal. But Winstead's, it's like, it's like this huge thing that we build up, yeah. like, and it's like, oh my gosh, we just landed. When we landed in, in Kansas City, we went straight from the airport to Winstead's. We got takeout Winstead's before we even went That's to my a, parents. Yeah. <laughs> and when we landed, you texted, do you want to go to Winstead's tonight? And I was like, yes, I do. And here we are again at Winstead's. So we- this is your third Winstead's. And there will be more to come yeah. because we've built, we've made it meaningful because it is, it's just, it's a, it's an old diner. And we can't be at Winstead's and have children without mentioning the tiny tot. Oh yeah. Because yeah. that's the big thing. And I've gotten Jack into the tiny tot where it's for kids. You can order a little hamburger, a little thing of fries and what's called a frosty, which is kind of a thick shake essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so even the kids know, oh, we want to come to Winstead's and get our tiny tot. Yeah. And, you know, when we were growing up, we had all our special places in North Platte, Nebraska, which is both sets of grandparents lived in North Platte. So we spent a lot of time hanging out with our grandparents in North Platte. And there were places there. Yeah, we had King's, oh, yeah. which was where you had deep fried grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> to this day, I haven't found anything as good as that. And they had that weird gift shop, which was King's yes. Corner with two Ks. And even as a child, I was like, oh, it's interesting about the two Ks. Like that's imprinted in my mind forever. I love that gift shop. <laughs> that's where I got my card that said, uh, had Taurus on it. It said what my horoscope was, you know, like what being a Taurus meant. And it said I was dull and plotting. <gasps> That's what, yeah, but loyal. So anyway, that's always stuck with me. I know that does make me sound like Hufflepuff. So here's what I want to know. Do you have a special place or places in New York? See, this is the thing. We need more because we have one diner that we go to. But again, it's because it's the one down the street and it's exactly like every other diner. And that's sort of what we like about it. But there's, but like Winstead's has something special. These hamburgers really are unique and they're delicious. Um, but we don't really have that many special places, and I think we need to cultivate them. I really want to identify special places, and I don't feel like we've kind of accumulated them in that way. Not, I don't feel like I don't feel toward anything. Right. But maybe it's in childhood that you form these special places because we're all talking about things that we have in childhood. It's also hard because now there's more chains, so yes. things aren't as specific necessarily. Right. 
right. don't know. Yeah. Well, and one good thing Adam does, which I would never do on my own, he's very good at befriending the like waiters at uh, restaurants. Yeah. So and knowing their names and knowing about their lives, so that makes a place feel special because you walk in and people know your name oh, and well, say it, hi. And well, at Hugo's there was that when I went Sarah. there was that waitress who knew Jack really well and was like they had a whole kind of relationship, so it felt very yeah. homey to go there. Yeah, and that's how Farfalla is as well. So let us know if you do try this at home, if you've identified your special places, and what are they? Um, let us know on Twitter, Facebook, email us at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to my website at happiercast.com slash 45 um, for all our contact information, some images. We're going to post some images of us at Winsteads, any other links we mention, um, or anything else related to the episodes on my website. Oh, great. Thank you. Oh, look at that. Look at my Yummy. onion rings. Extra crispy, the way you like Excellent. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, Gretchen. All right. Well, our food's here, so let's uh, eat. Yeah. And then let's continue the podcast back in our mom's closet at home, because that's (laughs) where we'll have good sound. Funnily enough, (laughs) yes, we will be coming from our mother's closet. Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. Because everyone's different, Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyze your diet and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers, so you have all the support you need to empower your change. Gretchen, you know, I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day. Yep, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com slash happier. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash happier. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash happier to start your trial today. So here we are. Uh, strangely enough, we're in our mother's closet, um, and it turns out it's the best place uh, to record a podcast in our parents' apartment. Yeah, so here we are among mom's coats and purses and jackets. It's very cozy. It's very cozy. So, Elizabeth, here is a question to help us know ourselves better. Is there a New Year's resolution that you've made over and over and over. Most of us have one like this. Do you have one like this? Oh, God, I definitely do. What uh, is it? Mine is probably the most common resolution in the world, which is lose weight. Ah. Yeah. And I have my thin years and have my not as thin years. And this is definitely one of those. So that is going to be my resolution again this year. Well, the resolution that I keep making, except now that I've stopped making it, I've decided that to be Gretchen, I must give up this resolution, which is to entertain more. Oh, you're not going to try to entertain more. Um, I'm not going to try to entertain more at home. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to try to entertain more because I feel like it's not the right time for that resolution for me. And I don't want to keep trying it. And I keep I I was pretending that I was making it, but I wasn't actually making it, which I think is something that happens a lot with New Year's resolutions where you wish something was going to change, but you're not actually prepared to do anything to bring about change. And so it's more of a fantasy than an actual resolution. And I I think entertaining for me was a fantasy 
Yeah, so there's kind of two distinctions. There's resolutions you're making that you should just not make and you should just give up. And then there's resolutions you make over and over, like losing weight, because it's something that is important, but you, or I guess I should say I, in this case, am not doing the steps it takes to accomplish it. Well, and, and here's the thing that like, that was so striking to me when I was writing Better Than Before, my book about habit change, is I think a lot of times when people make a resolution over and over again, and they're failing. It's because, and, and it's something, that, like you say, it's important to them. It's not just a fantasy. It's something they really do want to change. It's because they've set it up in a way that wasn't right for them. And so I think, you know, we've talked a lot about abstainer and moderators. Well, if you're trying to be moderate, but you're actually an abstainer, if you're trying to like cut back on sugar, that's going to be really hard for you. You haven't set yourself up for success. Or if you're a night person and you're trying to get up early and go for a run, that's not going to set you up for success because that's not when you're at your most energetic. And so I think when you're making, if you have a resolution that you make over and over, that's why I think it's an important know yourself better because you can say something's not working here. Right. How do I change my approach? Because it's not that it's me. It's not that I'm lazy or I lack willpower or I need to work on my motivation. It's that I need to set myself up in a different way. Yeah. And I have to say, and this is, I mean, I'm going out on a limb here stating this on the podcast. Okay. But for me... I know if I do Jenny Craig, which I've done in the past, ah. I will lose weight. So actually, I think my New Year's resolution is to start Jenny Craig, starting it as soon as I get home from Kansas City. And because as you said, like that will lead to weight loss. Well, so he, that, taking action that will lead to a result. Well, so that there's many important things about that. But one of them is that we shouldn't make resolutions about outcomes because we can't control an outcome. So you can't say, I resolve to write a bestseller. You can't make something a bestseller. You can't, I don't think it's good to make a resolution to like lose, you know, lose 20 pounds because you can't make that happen. But what you can do is you can say, I'm going to eat breakfast every day. I'm going to bring lunch from home every day. I'm going to eat a home cooked meal every, every night for dinner. I'm going to do Jenny Craig. Like, those are actions that you can control and they can lead to outcomes. But making a resolution about an outcome, well, you can't control an outcome. You can only control actions that can bring about that outcome. Yeah. And I know for me, the reason I say Jenny Craig is because in the past I have done it and it's been very easy. It's not even this difficult, horrible thing. It's like once I do it, it's the obliger in me, of course. <laughs> I'm totally on board. It's just a matter of, I always say the switch has to be on or off. Right. And for whatever reason, that turns the switch on. Um, and so I think that will work for me or a state it will work for me. And that's, you bring up another really important thing, which is I think that um, a really important clue if you're trying to figure out how to keep a resolution is when has it worked for you in the past? Because often if you say to somebody or like, you know, I would often say to people about habits, like, well, was there a time when you did this? And they would say, oh, when I was in college, I did this. Or, oh, there was that time with my first husband when I did this or whatever. And you say, well, there's something, something worked then. So if you analyze it, this is another way to know yourself better. Understand a situation so that like maybe it's accountability, maybe it's convenience. Maybe it's one strategy instead of another strategy. If you look at the past, that often gives you important clues about what you can do in the present. So do you have a New Year's resolution? We know it's not to entertain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you have another New Year's resolution? Well, you know, my, my one word theme is to lighten up. Ah. I feel like I really want it. That's, that's going to take a lot of and, and then I have like a million gazillion habits. So I feel like I don't really have a New Year's resolution this year, like right. a specific one like that. 
Maybe there's some that I should have, but I, I yeah, feel it's like... true. You really are. You don't need New Year's resolutions. Okay. You're if, a person who's like your life is a New Year's resolution. If anything, I should dial it back. Probably. Yes. Like that is not my problem. Um, yeah. yeah. You should have a resolution not to have a resolution. Okay, that's the resolution. I'll okay. Keep. I resolve not to have a resolution. Okay. Um, and to and to lighten up simultaneously. Um, of course, we want to hear what other people's resolutions are. Yes, I know it's so fascinating to hear what they're and also. What do you learn about yourself when you think about what your resolutions are? Because, or the resolution that you've made repeatedly, because a lot of times that does, that also has an important clue. Yeah, it reminds me of the podcast we did about who do you envy? Yes. It's one of those things where if you look at yourself, there's this identifying factor that can tell you something bigger about yourself. Even though it's sort of an unpleasant thing to think about. No one wants to think about the New Year's resolution that they've made year after year after year. And yet it has an important clue to tell us like where, what area we need to really focus on to bring about change that's been bothering us for a while. So this closet is actually big enough that when we're here, Eliza and Eleanor sleep in this closet because we don't have any more beds for them. Um, and so uh, and so this is where we're recording, and we have Eliza here with us. Hello. Yay. We uh, interviewed Eliza in our very special episode 30. Uh, Eliza is Gretchen's 16-year-old daughter, my niece. And um, if you want to hear that full interview, you can go to happiercast.com slash 30. But we promised everyone we would give updates on Eliza. So here she is for an update. Now, Eliza, when we last talked to you, it was right before your junior year started. And your goal for the year was to stay afloat. Yes. So have you stayed afloat? Tell us what's going on. Like 100% actually, I'm pretty pleased with the results. I've started just like trying really, really hard. My class is studying really hard for SAT. I mean, I was studying hard before, but there's that extra junior year pressure. I mean, it's like really hard and I have way less time, but um, a factor of having more time to study is that I no longer have a boyfriend because we broke up after like a year and almost a half, like a month ago, which um, was a big struggle, but Last time I was here, I asked listeners questions and they like so many ridiculous numbers of people sent advice for like what they would have done differently when they were 16 or advice for me now that I am 16. Um, And one thing a lot of people said was stick with your friends. Don't drop your friends just because you have a boyfriend. And that was really good advice. My own grandmother kept asking me, like, do you still have your girlfriends? And I was like, Grandma, yes, obviously I do. But um that was a huge risk, and I'm really glad that I kept them because they've been so, so great during this whole thing. And I don't know what I would have done if it was just me. Yeah, it's funny. It's almost like all these people who sent in that advice were um, seeing the future, you know, because they were all yeah. just like, you are going to want your girlfriends. You're going to have them for life. You right. know, make sure you spend enough time with them. And it seems to me like you have been really kind of relishing your girlfriend. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's really comforting that they could see the future that way because some of the other stuff was really like very reassuring. Like, I know it's super stressful. Everything about college is stressful, but it'll end up fine no matter what really happens. So having that foresight on the whole boyfriend thing has also been had me have uh, faith in their abilities in other areas. Right. No, I mean, it was really extraordinary. The thoughtful responses we got from people Um, I guess we all have the fantasy if only we could 
send a message back to our teenage selves. And so here they were able to send a message to yeah, you. And it's so good. Many. It, was it, really really was, it really was helpful. I like the person who said, I've never regretted being polite. Yes. Because um, that's, I was like, Cause that's good advice for us at any age. Yes. Not just 16, obviously. Um, and sometimes we struggle with that. Yes. <laughs> um, but and Eliza, we were talking earlier about the uh, try this at home of identifying your special places. And Elizabeth and I were reminiscing about our special places. And um, it occurred to us that a lot of our special places were having to do with our childhood, like Winstead's or Fort Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have special places in New York, like places where you feel like, oh, this is full of full of meaning? I would say the Met has a lot of comfort because mm. it feels very like expansive and like there's so much to learn that you don't have to think about your own stuff. Like if I'm really stressed out, sometimes I'll go there like by myself and listen to a podcast or something because it's just it's like you don't have to pay attention to anything. There's so many people there. There's always stuff you haven't seen. So I think I mean, it sounds like maybe snobby or dorky or something, but <laughs> it really I really like it. I mean, and it's a place that you can always count on, like, going with your friends if you don't have an idea and you don't want it to be awkward. There's always stuff you can say about things. I just find it to be a really, like, pleasant place. Well, opinion. and it's funny. You and I have a special place there because whenever we go to the Met together, there's this one stained glass window <laughs> that has all this, like, reverent, you know, animals and people. And everything. And there's this one cow. <laughs> or maybe it's a bull. I guess no, it's, it's got a horns. Cow. But it but matter. it's like the person who made the stained glass window gave it these like very funny teeth. So it's he's like, got this super toothy <laughs> grin. It looks like he's wearing dentures. Yeah. It is, it's truly, it's like fabulous. I love that. And like, so every time we go to the yeah. we're like, okay, we got to stop off and look <laughs> at that cow. cow. Yeah. 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 So that, that's true. That's a special place there yeah. for you and me. Oh. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is Eliza, when we had you on the podcast, so many people wrote in saying, Eliza's so great. She's such a wonderful girl and she has such a great voice. She should have her own podcast. Um, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, of oh, course, gosh. we were like, Eliza, you need to do a podcast. So tell us what's going on on the podcast front. So I did it. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Gold star. Um, basically, the concept is that I feel like oh, there are a lot of misconceptions or just general knowledge that the public doesn't really know about like what's going on in the minds of teenagers. I feel like we're often really um, misunderstood, not in like a grungy way necessarily, although that's definitely true, but also just like, what do we like? What do we not like? What are we actually interested? What are we not actually interested in? And I feel like that often causes like frustration for us and the people trying to get us. So it is called Eliza starting at 16 because that is when I'm starting at 16. And um, basically I have segments like what I'm obsessed with, what I'm stressed about, which like hint a lot of what I'm stressed about is the SAT. (laughs) Um, I actually got my scores back yesterday. So that was like very stressful pre-Christmas event and what I'm done with and what I'm finding funny and they're all just it really changes week to week like we change opinions so quickly as teenagers so I really feel like that does come through because I'm not like just trying to make stuff up just to have something to say it really does change week to week and my favorite segment is your overshare of the week oh right because of course I like hearing what's going on in your mind yeah one of those was about the breakup so if if you want to hear more <laughs> more about how a 16-year-old handles a breakup, yeah. just head right over there. Yeah, Eliza's starting at 16. Yep. 
that's yeah. me. And she does it herself. She records and edits it herself, and ed- which is like a magic <laughs> to me. I know. That she knows. I'm like, how do you, how can you do this so fast? No, mom spent like hours watching videos being like, I just don't <laughs> understand. She is like always presses like play instead of record. I'm like, y- you don't. I Just yeah. before this, I was teaching her how to use do not disturb <laughs> on her phone. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> like five minutes ago. Well, thank you for coming back onto our podcast. Anytime. Yes. Yeah. Eliza starting at 16. I, I highly recommend it. Hey, thanks. That's me. Okay, it's time for Demerit and Gold Star, but because this is our special holiday edition, it's Gold Star only from our special guests. Yes, our friends and family edition. And we're starting with a uh, Gold Star from one of my best friends in the whole world, Mindy Wilson. Nay, Mindy Schultz. <laughs> um, and first of all, before Mindy gets to her gold star, I have to give a gold star to Lily, Mindy's daughter, and her mom, Kathy Schultz, for encouraging her to do this. Because, Gretch, I don't know if I told you, but Mindy was a little <laughs> bit hesitant <laughs> to be subjected to the podcast. And little did she know she was going to be sitting in a closet yes, to exactly. do the recording. And yes, I was so. really laying on the text, twisting <laughs> her arm, and Lily and Mrs. Schultz got her to do it. So welcome, Min. Oh, thanks. I'm glad they did, and I'm glad you all asked. Okay, so Min, what is your gold star? Well, my gold star goes to my dad. So he is... Um, in his mind, and at least of our families, famous for giving pearls of wisdom. Yes, I <laughs> and, agree with um, that. One of my favorites that I thought was sort of fitting for this time of year is um, always pay attention to what you have instead of focusing on what you don't have. Oh, that's good. That is good. So explain more. I want to hear more. Well, the genesis of this one, or at least the first time I remember hearing it this clearly, was, um, gosh, I was like eight years ago now. And Uh, Josh, my husband, and I were thinking about having more kids, and we had Lily, and she's just this awesome, perfect little kid. We weren't sure what we were going to do, but we sure kept thinking about it and talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And then one day my dad came over and he said, when I look at what you have, I look at you, Josh, and Lily. I see this amazing, wonderful marriage, this terrific husband, and then this healthy, beautiful daughter. Well, I suggest you spend all of your energy focusing on that. Look at what you do have. Don't focus on what you don't or what might or what might not and be with that. And I thought, well, that sort of sums it all up. And anyway, fast forward to 2015, almost 2016 now, and we are so lucky. Since it's radio, you can't see, but I just did a little <laughs> knock on wood. And, um, anyway, and that's just a great pearl, and it can be applied in all different ways. So. Yeah, and, you know, I remember after he said that to you, within a few months, I think you were giving away, like, the crib and mm-hmm. and, do it, and making the decision and landing on it that you were going to, you know, your family was complete. complete. And you were so relieved. Happy. I rem- yeah, and happy. And I remember that very mm-hmm. specifically. Um, and I also love what your dad says, which is have fun with it, mm-hmm. which kind of goes along with what my dad always yeah, says. So Enjoy true. the process. Yeah, mm-hmm. All these pearls so of wisdom. So we have a couple mm-hmm. of, yeah, wise owls here um, telling us these things. But, um, but I, yeah, your dad is definitely one of a kind. Yes, one of my he favorite is. People. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Well, I love that I got to give a gold star. And I hope I get to do another because I'm sure I can come up with uh, lots and lots more. Yeah, next KC edition. Yes, KC edition. Okay, sign me up. Yeah, well, gold star for you. Okay, gold star for Mindy. Thank you. 
Okay, Gretch, so now we're going to have our final gold star from a very special guest. Yes. Uh, 10-year-old Eleanor Rubin, your daughter, yes. my niece. Hi, Eleanor. Hi. <laughs> we're so happy that you're going to do a gold star for us. I'm excited, too. Yes. Um, so what is your gold star? Well, my gold star is definitely going to be given to my family. Um, oh. I'd have to say that I'm giving it to my family because I'm so happy that I have a dog now. Um, it just makes me a lot happier, and I feel like I'm excited, um, especially to, you know, come home from school every day. I mean, I was always excited about that, but now <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I have more of a reason now. And, you know, it's just good to feel like you have someone to take care of and someone that you can really see change over time from just, like, you know, like a little baby puppy and then something that really has habits and is a lot bigger than yeah, it was. We love looking at old pictures and old videos. He's only five months old yes. and we're always like, look how little he was. Yeah. Well, what I love is that you told me that you didn't think your family was the kind of family that would get a dog. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It just kind of seems like, you know, you were, we were a little bit more... Like, I don't really know how to say this, but kind of, you know, sort of cleaner, <laughs> a little bit less kind of rambunctious because it takes a lot to take care of a dog, especially a puppy. And I mean, we know that now, but and especially mom was definitely kind of teetering on the edge of should we get a dog? Should we not get a dog? But I mean, I was very surprised when she said that, yes, we're getting a dog because it seemed like. You know, there was going to be a lot of poop and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things that, would, that could perhaps go wrong, especially since, you know, she just doesn't seem like that kind of dog person. But yeah. now she is. Now she is. Now yeah. she is, yes. Now <laughs> Barnaby sleeps at her feet while she writes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, we, lo we love Barnaby, and you're right. We didn't feel like we were the kind of family that would get a dog, but we decided mm -hmm. we could do this. We were going to get a dog, and mm -hmm. now we're so happy. Definitely. Yeah. Gold star to the whole Reuben clan. Yeah, yeah, and gold star for Eleanor for coming yeah. on our podcast. Yeah. 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 Thank you Thank very you. much. All right. <laughs> and that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Identify your special places. Let us know what they are. We want to hear from you. And if you're a Kansas City person who loves Winsteads, post a photo of yourself there on Gretchen's Facebook page. Okay, and here I have to make a total non sequitur random plea for, from listeners. Okay, guys, I have had so many fantastic responses, insights, observations about the four tendencies, like the mottos, they were incredibly brilliant. And here's my plea. I think I want to have some kind of adjective or some kind of description. I, it's the four tendencies, but I would love to have a four fill-in-the-blank tendencies, some other word in there that would help identify what the four mm. tendencies mean to people who haven't been indoctrinated into the whole framework. If you can think of the right word to go into that blank space, the four blank tendencies, you will win my eternal gratitude, and I promise I will send you 
uh, a whole sheet of gold stars because and 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 it's just because everybody's been so brilliant um, that I'm seeing if I have been thinking about this for months I haven't been able to come up with something so if you can I would be so grateful so ponder that and thank you this week to all of our special guests Eliza Eleanor and Mindy yes. um, so fun to have uh, them here this week on the friends and family episode yes and um, special thanks to Andrea Tudhope who recorded us here in Kansas Kansas City. As always, thanks to our producer, Henry Malofsky, and thank you to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. Please get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Kraft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you want to get my free newsletter where I have highlights for my blog and the Facebook page, and you also get a free chapter of Better Than Before, my uh, my book about habit change that's now out in paperback, you can sign up at happiercast.com slash free chapter. And Gretch, if that's not enough, just <laughs> remind everyone, if you're in the Bay Area, come to our live show January 21st at the Brava Theater. Tickets and info are at slate.com slash happier. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward.